This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. So listen to that. New year, new opener. First podcast of 2023. Happy it's New Year, It's all come everyone. together. Happy New Year, yes. Thanks for joining us. We are back. It's been a nice little break, and hopefully yeah. you've got some time off. We're skiing already because there's a ton of snow in Park City, so We're skiing we are like skiing, crazy, which yeah. is great. And thank you guys for being a part of this. We're thrilled to embark upon another year. Mm-hmm. And thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to what we do. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, too, and future sponsors as we develop partnerships uh, in the future. Yep. We are working on a few things, but thanks for being part of this community. We yeah. really, really appreciate it. It's a, it's a big thing. And, I, and I'm ex- just so excited to see the response that has come from the North Trip. I know we have beat the drum for the North Trip video <laughs> we have. coming up to Christmas, but we actually got an email. I think it was just today where somebody talked about they watched it with their family and, the, and they did have kind of that there, there's, there's some tension here and they reached that place and they decided to sit down and watch the North Trip and it ended up being a really nice reprieve and it started a new conversation. That's what we were hoping for. I did have everybody with me. So at one point I was like, let's watch this. And, and, and my wife was kind of like, really? That's and I said, funny. no, no, no. I said, this, this, is, this, this will be the next hour. We'll just, it'll be handled. Everybody's here. I did the same thing with my family. We waited until everybody was ready and everybody had gathered I'm finally glad. by Christmas Day. And we all sat down and watched it. And it was fun to just be an observer, you know? Mm, sure. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. So, guys, thank you for watching that. There is one final road trip with these cars coming. Yep. February is what we're planning for at this yes, point. Is South that right? trip is coming in February. That's coming up soon. We have other content coming up. Of course, we have these two channels. We have our original channel, the Everyday Driver channel, and the Test Drive Videos channel on YouTube. Both of those are getting, we've been sitting down for the last two hours and talking about it. Tons of content is already on the <laughs> yeah. way for both those channels. Yeah. We've got two really good comparisons coming up just in January on the original channel, plus the test drives are going to keep cranking out content as we do kind of this podcast, but in a car driving down the road talking about the car in question. And I've discovered Bucky's, by the way. I've I, heard. I heard this I story. I skiing this That'll morning. part of the South Trip, yeah. I sat next to some people from Houston. They mm. were very nice. Mm. And I launched into my Bucky's spiel. You got. They got off the lift frightened. They were just like, man, I know, we know, it's good. But you don't understand. We're we still waiting for Bucky's Utah. to sponsor us. So that, that, that is that, that we're not actually talking about it for that reason, but we talk about it enough that we should be. Yeah. They, they were a little taken aback. Uh, like, they should have. They yeah. weren't expecting that to discuss Bucky's on the ski, li- ski no. lift with me. No, no. We've got the Volvo V60 Cross Country B5 all-wheel drive. A lot of words. A lot of words. It's, yeah. uh, it's the wagon. It's it the is. lifted wagon from it's Volvo. It's the lifted wagon. I, must we have the lifted version? That's my big takeaway. I think yes. Okay. I think yes, because it is a nice thing that Volvo can differentiate themselves from, and they have sure. a nice little bit of history to draw upon. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this is the perfect vehicle. If you don't want an SUV, it's got a taller yes. ride height, which yes. is why people buy SUVs, mm-hmm. but also a t- taller sit-in height. Mm-hmm. It was actually really easy to get into. Totally. And then it was still low enough to still feel like a car. See, that was the I thing. I kind of liked it. I it, it did feel like a middle ground to me because every time I drove it, I just kept thinking, shouldn't I be lower? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> but what a great little balance. It is It of, is a middle ground. If, if, you're, if you're looking for that stuff, I, I did think it was a fantastic alt. And like all the Volvos right now, fantastic to sit in and be in. Just a wonderful place to just be as you drive. It's it's not dynamic at all, but that's not its purpose. It's not. It's got some good zip, good little... It's got a bit of power it, to it because it's that same two-liter turbo, supercharged everything, screwed to one yeah, engine. Yeah, this one I don't think it was supercharged. It we wasn't just had everything. the two forty-seven horsepower, yeah. two hundred fifty-eight pound-feet of torque. Yeah, it was two-liter, yeah. eight-speed Geartronic automatic. And I love how the Monroni. This is marketing people that got a hold of the Monroni. Oh yeah, it's not just listing the, the features and specs. It's all-wheel drive with instant traction. <laughs> because nobody would buy it if it didn't have instant traction. No, it, it, that, that's instant something traction? key. Did the instant traction have a registered trademark? But it probably did, yeah. No, but I'm sure they tried to think about it. But this is twice the price of an Outback. It is yeah, $63,585 yeah. is what the total suggested retail price is. That's double what an Outback costs. Yeah, that's is. a lot of bones for this mm-hmm. thing. But it did feel like a differentiator. It felt refreshing to me. And that's mm-hmm. what, every time I drive a Volvo, I'm just sort of like, yeah, this is just... A nice place to be. It's just a, it, 
a different thing. It's yeah. not all the way full luxury. Problem is the price is way up there, but I just thought it was great. It fed the wagon love, that's for sure. I think it competes with most luxury cars of a similar price, though. I don't think you get into anything that is around that same $60,000 price and you feel like, wow, this is a lot nicer than the Volvo. The Volvo was every bit as yeah, nice true. as anything you'd buy yeah. for a sixty to $70,000 mm-hmm. price point. So it was every bit as good as that. But it is, you're right, it's twice the Outback. But if you are a person that loves the Outback and you think, well, what if I want to get nicer than the Outback? It's kind of like crickets until you think about this thing. And then you go, oh, now that makes sense. <laughs> I drove Ooh. it a lot. I thought it was pretty impressive. I what thought it, it was yeah. very impressive. Very cool. It's got a tailored dashboard. Mm. It's a line item to make the list of things that you get for this price longer. <laughs> tailored dashboard. Tailored? What Does that mean you just molded the stitching into the urethane in the... Really? It, it means that somebody sat down and thought about it, Paul. Tailored dashboard? You tailored this dashboard for this car. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. It's not tailored. It's an instrument panel. It's a dash. Anyway, it's pretty cool. I do like it a lot. But moving on, we've also got blip shift shirts on our partner store. Resolution 6 from Matthew McCarthy on our partnership store. So if you go to blipshift.com, you can find our partner store Mm -hmm. under the Everyday Driver tab. And we're getting consistent shirts now uh, fed on there. And there will also be custom shirts as we continue to generate ideas. As we add new ones throughout the year. Mm -hmm. For this first podcast of 2023, that's a crazy sentence. We are not three, man. I know we are not wow. quite to seven seven five, which will be the next time we do a live podcast on our test drive channel. But for this podcast, starting off the year, we finished last year. Took a nice break. Finished last year talking about the year behind us. So this year we need to talk about the year ahead. What we're looking forward to. Cars we want to drive. What's coming up for us in twenty twenty three? There's a lot actually. The cars that we mentioned at the beginning of twenty twenty two year ago. Okay. Yeah were quite long. We drove three of them on the list of things that I was looking forward to. The oh, so you went back and listened to last year's. Oh, yeah, how, yeah. How'd we do? We did good because we did just drive the Civic Type R, mm-hmm. Super Manual, Nissan Z. Mm-hmm. But there were some others that we mentioned were coming. Mm. And this shows you the lead time between when a car is announced, mm. then the press launch, and then finally available in the press fleet. And yeah. sometimes they're still not available. The Corvette Z06, we talked about that. We haven't driven it yet. It is out, but you're right. We haven't gotten in it yet. The Bronco Raptor. Yeah, true. That's out. Mm -hmm. The Amira, the McLaren Artura, Mm. and the MC20 Maserati. Those are all still on our list. You're right. Still pending. Yeah, you're right. Man, we got to get on this. (laughs) But it it just kind of made it exciting. But, you know, the Rivian was on there, too. Mm -hmm. Just thought, is this old news? Is it old? I mean, we still, at this point, have not been in a Rivian. We'd like to. We've got some plans for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to some The R1S is the one I'm that, really excited about. The R1Ts, they're like Skittles in town. They're everywhere. Park City apparently got all the Rivian orders. All the Rivians came here, yeah. I still can't believe it. They're everywhere. But I, I thought that was very intriguing to see all the uh, the cars and comparisons. That, uh, sorry, just the cars that we had mentioned we wanted mm-hmm. to get into for 2022 still didn't happen. Well, but what's, what's on your list, though, for stuff that, that you have other stuff on your list you still want to get into? Well, for sure. We talked a little bit about, touch on these cars on the year-end podcast, mm-hmm. uh, last podcast, and that was the M2 and the Mustang is coming out, some of the yep. notable launches. But I know there's going to be some stuff coming from companies like Mercedes, some interesting things that we're going to change our minds and go, yes, we need to get in that, and we'll instantly think of comparisons like that. We haven't driven the now-everything-has-a-four-cylinder lineup of Mercedes as, yeah, as, the, as the V8 goes away. You know, the, the, <laughs> Mercedes is like, Volvo's doing some interesting things. <laughs> One engine to rule them all. There, that's where they're headed. It's great. And, and the engine's nutty. Oh, here, here's, here's the connective tissue. That is the engine that we had in that really crazy AMG CLA yeah, that yeah. we liked. And we drove, when we, we drove that, and that, there's a yellow crazy one with canards and crazy price points that's on our test drive Wings channel and color and it, it's 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 madness speed. it's very fun it's also wildly expensive but yeah. we talked about it in that piece and i'm going to mention it here again that is the drivetrain the alternate drivetrain going in the amira amazing so you can get it with that same camry v6 supercharged with a six speed yes please i'd like it like that and then you can get it with the turbocharged 360 or whatever it is horsepower four cylinder with the dual clutch that mercedes makes these are your two options. So if people make reference to either Toyota or Mercedes on their vanity plate, like AMG or Camry or oh, we're encouraging GR or something, now, we? then we'll know what transmission it has in it. I'm very curious to actually see what the take rate is on the car in both of those variants because it's going to look the same either way. And I think a lot of people, frankly, that have money to buy cars like this don't want an automatic. They think the automatic is not worth it. 
Now, those of us so. that like driving, yeah. Yeah. we're excited about, about the, the manual. I'm sorry, they, they don't want the manual. Those of us that like driving like the manual. But I think a lot of people that, that really have money to just buy flashy cars, what do you mean it doesn't have paddles? It's supposed mm-hmm. to have paddles. It's an interesting car to think about. I'd like to have them back-to-back, mm. even though it's the same car. But rarely our cars have two completely different engines. Engine and drivetrain is totally different. Totally it's usually different provider. It's two different transmissions, yes. same engine. Yes. Fine. We know about mm-hmm. how they'll drive. But two different powertrains in the same car? Yeah. I wonder what appeals as far as just driving characteristics. We know, we theoretically, it should be good, but mm-hmm. just kind of curious about that. Totally intrigued by it. I agree with you. The McLaren Arturo is interesting. We have still not been in the MC20, and I'm fascinated. The new Mustang, I'm quite intrigued by. I'm not a big mm-hmm. Mustang guy, but it's, it's Ford still doing the Mustang while Chevy is stop, stopping the Camaro, and Dodge hasn't yet revise the challenger they're still milking the challenger with extra little versions that are going to stumble their way through 2023 and they're bringing back certain things and but that car keeps outselling the mustang and the camaro so why not yes so there's no reason to update the challenger yet the camaro is dying so mustangs here in the middle where where ford is on this huge electric push in case you haven't noticed with the mach e and the electric uh lightning are all they're talking about yeah and by yeah. the way mustang Still has a V8, still has a six-speed. I mean, whenever we drive it, whatever we compare it to, the over the track over the top is going to be vanilla ice something. <laughs> but <laughs> you now know it's coming. In the new digital cluster, you yes. can do the vanilla ice era gauges yes. if you'd like. I'm not sure why that's a selling point. Also, you can rev it from afar. Oh this was gosh. not a design for me, but I'm intrigued <laughs> we'll to drive like, it. We know your car is an automatic. <laughs> I'm intrigued Dead to giveaway. Drive it. And then I have to say this. I know this is going to sound crazy, especially on this podcast, but this is how things change over time. We've almost done this podcast podcast for a decade this is our eighth night going to the this ninth is our year. ninth pretty much going to the ninth which is ninth crazy season. to say yeah but we have always teased the prius as doing what it does really well mm-hmm. now we will promptly not drive it okay <laughs> the second car that should be shot into space but at the same time we are actually interested well i can't speak for you i'm genuinely interested in driving the new prius and the collective auto journalism community all kind of went what is this now with the new redesign i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not expecting surprised. i'm not expecting it to be some great enthusiast cars many of you have asked us it's like is the prius an enthusiast car now i'm like well it's not its point it's not its purpose <laughs> There's no gr badge on it's, it it's still not it's designed for gas mileage that's what it's yeah, designed for but exactly. but for the first time toyota and, and they've actually admitted it toyota has actually worried about let's make this look good let's make it look interesting and they've and they, never done that before they haven't they because they've designed <laughs> let's it let's do something different let's make it look good they've designed look at the fir- the first gen Pri- you cannot tell oh me that there gosh. was anybody in the first gen prius design studio that was concerned about the aesthetics being good true the i give you that <laughs> we got to get air going over this thing yes we're worried about the oh, we got to fit the prius uh drive trim in there don't you know what don't worry about it give it give it drum brakes it'll be fine it doesn't need to look good it needs to work and now they've finally come full circle in multiple generations this is gen 5 i think and it actually looks interesting and many of you have asked about is it good to drive i don't know yet i'm not expecting grandeur but i'm at least interested for the first okay. time in my life i'm interested to drive a prius the interest isn't huge but i like i said i want to be pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. i hope that's the case loaded out it's every bit of 40 grand but they're still right around 30 if you get the base version that's right i'm actually talking up the prius right now partially because i have to admit Full disclosure, my parents are reaching that place where it's time to consolidate things, which means Mm -hmm. the vet will probably go. And one of the cars they're eyeing, because they actually said to me, we kind of like something that will be really reliable and brand new and get great gas mileage. And I was like, Prius. So anyway, we Looks good isn't on that list. (laughs) But but, but here's the thing. What if they get that too? But my dad has said to me, because he has actually, from an intellectual perspective, he thinks the Prius would be right for them, but he cannot stand the way they look. And I said, Dad... Come on over here to the new configuration. Come on down. Let's have a conversation. So I don't know if it's going to go that route, but that got me actually genuinely looking at the Prius. So we'll see where it goes. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, this is the time of year when we do all of our planning for various shoots. And we throw things on our huge Excel spreadsheet and see (laughs) what we can put together. Scare each other. We have our ideas and Mm -hmm. then match those up to what actually becomes possible. But this is when we're thinking about road trips. We're thinking Mm -hmm. about new films. One of the things that we have talked about for ages is a larger multi-price point shoot doing that in the summer. We're looking at doing that with many different cars throughout many price points, which I think should be interesting, but we wanted to do it it correctly. Let's say we want to do it thoroughly. And we've also got hopefully two Rocky mountain meetups coming in 2023. Mm -hmm. 
which we're interested in doing. We've had a huge success with the Utah meetup mm-hmm. at the was end of September. We've been uh, doing it in the fall. We're going to move that up to not spring, but it'll be right around Memorial Day somewhere. We're going to do a different Rocky Mountain meetup. We're still putting it together. That'll be right around Labor Day. So roughly those two. And then, of course, pilgrimage will happen as well. Last year was a test run. It was the first year back after the global mm-hmm. pandemic that happened. I know you may have heard of it. Nobody, everybody's <laughs> blocked that out of their minds by now. We're trying to, but it was a test run and good news. Nothing changed. Mm, it was great. It was so familiar. Everything mm-hmm. was familiar. Our friends were still there. Yep. Everything yep. is there. It was just, it was really nice. So we look forward to doing that again for sure. And then I'm also curious about the car market. Our mm-hmm. conversations throughout the podcast in 2022 were dominated by discussions about price point, And we got mm-hmm. lots of comments and emails saying, listen to you guys talk about the prices about this car from two, three, five years ago. The bygone era is when these cars were affordable, but things are turning. <laughs> they are. So I'm curious to see what our discussions are because we, you know us, we always think in terms of price comparisons mm-hmm. when we're doing two cars and we want to bring a third. And yeah. many times... People think, well, why did you bring that? The horsepower is way out of whack or the stats are way out of whack. Oh, you can get one of the same price for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to normality in a sense. We'll see. Yeah. Or something approaching that. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of our videos, the $8,000 shoot. Yeah. Yeah. The $8,000 car comparison. Yeah. Yeah. That got blown out. All those cars are 10 to 12 now. Which is crazy. (laughs) And, you know, out of our control, of course, but... I'm curious to see what happens with dealership markup. I'm curious mm-hmm. to he- see what, how people push back, if that will continue. If, mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, I know it's going to continue at some level, but then also just used car prices and yeah. what people do. And, you know, do you decide to hang on to your car longer? Do you decide, mm-hmm. well, I really mm-hmm. need to get rid of this thing. I'm really ready for something new. That's really the reason we get rid of our cars. We're ready for something new. Yeah, I true. want a change. True. I want a new flavor. And definitely, that's what we're here to do. So send us your car debate. Send us your your car conclusions, of course, which you guys have been doing. It's but, great stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. Just seeing what happens to the market and then where that matches up and then what happens to our videos as a result. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's going to be fascinating to see all of those price points. And I do think the used market in general is going to shift. But the supply chain thing is still a big deal on new cars. It is. And that yeah. is massively affecting availability, is massively affecting dealers' ability to mark up. If they have the car on the lot and they're getting another one next week, the ability to mark up is far less than, we'll never get another one. Do you want <laughs> it or not? <laughs> Yikes. So we'll see where it goes. We all want to talk about the go-fast parts. We're thinking of putting on our vehicles... But what about the stop fast parts? Brakes are an essential part of your vehicle's maintenance and upgrading is better than just simply replacing. You can transform your vehicle into a stopping powerhouse with a power stop brake upgrade kit that includes carbon ceramic brake pads, drilled and slotted rotors, and all the stainless steel hardware that you need to complete your upgrade. Power Stop is on a mission to provide a complete and affordable brake upgrade kit for pretty much every vehicle on the road. If you tow, they have that. Off-road, track days, they have all that as well. They even have kits for brand new vehicles like our Toyota GR86. Take care of your brakes and even improve them by heading to PowerStop.com and entering your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder that'll match you with the right brake kit for your vehicle. Bruce is writing in for the car debate. He's just outside of Houston in Sugarland, Texas, and uh, he said he's trying to have us save his wife from herself and hopefully save him in the process. <laughs> Bruce is planning on retiring in just over two years. His wife, Jane, would like a new car. It seems like it would be a good idea to get one while he's working. So Probably, yes. Looking at doing some car shopping. Normally, he would take matters into his own hands, but we've ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> we have come along and resound. You heard the top of the podcast. We, we are we are your car therapist, and we also are your bad influence at the same time. His buddy Jason turned him on to our podcast. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it. He's listening now, and he started with episode one, worked his way up to episode two hundred and twenty-five, and climbing. You got a little ways to go, but thanks for being with us. Yeah. Well, we have convinced him. We the royal we. Yes, we have. That we need a car that's fun, good, and enjoyable for his wife to drive. Okay. But his wife tells him she wants a boat. <laughs> she wants the kind of cars that aren't made anymore. She wants the 60s and what? 70s and 80s like a Ford LTD or a big old Lincoln Continental or the things where, you know, you used to joke about it, road-hugging weight. The 1967 Electra. They advertised the weight. Like, ooh, this thing's heavy. How, how could we spin this one? <laughs> I'm here with a marketing degree. I'll solve that for you. <laughs> well, all is not lost because her dream car 
is a Mercedes two-seater convertible. Isn't that interesting? He, he's, you want a boat. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you know they weigh a lot? Is that why you're associating well, the She likes those old-school cars, and he said, thank God they actually kind of aren't made anymore. But he's, he's only seen her head turn at two cars, a Mercedes two-seater, and a Lexus LC500. Well, sure. And those of course are cool. those turn your head. And they're awesome. The LC500 is one of the prettiest cars on the road. But what I find fascinating is both of those are exactly not what she's asked for. <laughs> but those are the cars that stir her, make her go, well, those are cool. There's a sentence in here, Bruce, where you said the bad news is both those cars are more than you're willing to spend on a car. Mm. I understand that. Budget is a thing, of course. <laughs> that we but, will probably ignore. Oh, no, I'm sorry. But there's the, willing. Yeah. Because you're getting close to retirement. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I never liked the term forever car. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even as a, a project car. I'm the 920 is going nowhere, but for <laughs> in spite of car, that, <laughs> I had a, a friend of a neighbor tell me that, you know, he wasn't that old. He was probably in his early sixties, maybe. And he said, well, this is the last truck. I just got a new truck. It was a frontier. Yeah. This is the last truck I'm ever going to own. And then you promptly thought about your grandfather that drove till he was a hundred and you did the math, didn't you? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> 40 years in that truck. Really? No, <laughs> that thing's going to be a beat dog. And no, yeah. you don't want that. And what if somebody hits it? What if it gets stolen? What sure. If something happens to it. You can't say definitively, this is your last car ever. And how fatalistic is that viewpoint? Well, and what if I hate to say it because we're this podcast where we care about you driving a car that you like. What if you decide you don't like it anymore? Have you really locked yourself into? I mean, and then all your friends will be like, "Hey, yeah, you already told what me. What are you doing? You bought something else? Yeah, come on. Now, is there a, a willing to spend for the time being? Is there a willing mm-hmm. to spend? You said you want something she wants to be able to drive. Yeah. And what if you could find? Well, not the LC five hundred. They really haven't come down in price. But they still, haven't. what if there were a Mercedes two seater convertible mm. that you both liked? And that it did something different for her mm-hmm. outlook, too, on driving. And what if it led to other things? What if the car is now a metaphorical vehicle for expanding your horizons, road trips, oh, okay. new things in life, sure. new adventures? Sure. You did this is our a, new, chapter. A new yeah. thing in life mm-hmm. because you had that car. It's almost like the car doesn't matter at that point. Mm. We got to that new adventure, that new thing, the new place, something you've yeah. never done, been, seen. Eaten. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what this car accomplished. But but some but, weird new food. It took you to the weird new food. But this is our tried. road trips. Yes. This is the thing. We always pick a destination. It's a cool road we want to drive or cool roads we want to drive. But then I, I'm sorry to come back there. Then we discover Bucky's. Bucky's is okay. the best. You know, I'm standing there having a barbecue sandwich at a Bucky's. By the way, the only thing Bucky's doesn't have is a place to sit down and eat. Yes, because then anyway, everybody like me would come out and sit yes, down. You would never leave. Would never like, get you out of there. You people, but, but, leave. Yes, but, but that's the thing. You discover things you don't expect. You eat somewhere really cool, yeah. whatever it is, because you're taking a road trip. This is the whole reason we do them. Yeah. Food for thought, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce thinks the real requirements are that it must be a sedan. Okay. He thinks four doors is probably preferable, but... He wouldn't mind a coupe. So you think four doors, mm-hmm. your wife wants a Mercedes two-seat convertible, and you're open to a coupe. Well, he said she specifically doesn't want an SUV. But the, thing that, the, the weird thing that's dragging all of this down is the place where we started, and that is she thinks she wants a 1980s boat of a sedan. So he's trying to reconcile these huge road-hugging weight cars they don't make anymore with her interest in an LC500. How can that? How Seriously. can we make it palatable? Exactly. With, with her interest in a Mercedes two-seat convertible. Those are opposite ends of the spectrum of cars. He's trying to reconcile them both. So we think we're in a standard four-door sedan, but hopefully something interesting. Bruce is five foot eleven. His wife is five feet tall. Okay. He would like it to be enjoyable to, to drive, not that they have fun roads in Sugarland, Texas. You do not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 will, I will raise my hand right now. Is there a Bucky's out in Sugarland? I'm sure there's one close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be a destination. <laughs> Just saying. Get all your Christmas shopping done. Terrifying. For next year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it will get used mostly for driving around town, occasional trips to Austin and San Antonio. There's some good roads out there. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It needs to be new. His wife loves a new car warranty, and it should be dependable down the road. Okay. He would like it to be 40K or under, but he might get suckered into 50K. <laughs> In other words, my wife might like something that once we get it her way, it's 48. Might. Okay. Or 55. That All right. I see it. Might. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Their car history includes his wife's car, which is a 2013 Toyota RAV4. Very practical and dependable and... Will run forever. Sure. Oh yes. three Honda Odyssey. A Ford Windstream. I haven't said Windstream for over a decade. This is, this is her the car history going backwards in time, oh. and they're not getting better. Because the next one's a Chevy Astro. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, but bad. 83 Subaru, late 70s Camaro. I'm trying to, to glean the boat thinking. I agree. It's not in there. It's not there. Because, especially considering the fact that the car that she had when he met her was this Camaro. He hated it because it wasn't powerful enough and it leaked when it rained and she mm. loved it. That's what I think is interesting. She loved that old Camaro and it wasn't powerful. It wasn't because she had some big engine version. She had the base version and it wasn't fun. I mean, reading your car history, Bruce, you've had the boat. 69 mm-hmm. Pontiac Le Mans. Yes. Tell me that's not a boat. It is a boat, yes. You had a 65 Ford Mustang? Okay, that's cool. A string of F-150s because you live in Texas, yes. Yeah. 81 Chevy Chevette. Wow. <laughs> Corollas, Tacomas, his current 2016 Chevy Colorado. But ultimately, what he's thinking is this Fiat Spider was his favorite to drive. His mom gave him her 1970s model Fiat Spider. Mm, interesting. That's tiny. That is little, yeah. And he also rides bikes. A Yamaha FJ09, a couple of Suzuki V-Strom 650s, a 750 Seca Yamaha, and a Kawasaki 500 Triple. You've got bikes. Yep. And those, he says, are his fun thing. Sure, yeah. And his wife alludes to the fact, well, you ride bikes, you've already got your fun toys, so why do you need another fun sports car? I think I can solve that, Bruce. We'll come back to that. I think I could solve that problem. Does it involve selling motorcycles? Not necessarily, but I think I can connect the dots here. Well, we have also convinced Bruce that he doesn't need a pickup, this being a pickup truck owner. 99, yes. 84, 82. Currently has a Chevy Colorado. And then it's it, going backwards in time. It's current Colorado, Tacoma. Uh, then it's a string of like four F-150s. <laughs> that's, that's a victory, Bruce. Yes, it is. The fact that you mm-hmm. wrote that sentence that you don't need a pickup, even though he likes driving the pickup more than the RAV4. I get that. Yeah, sure, fine. So which car do they keep? Which one do they trade in to sell to buy the new car? Or mm. do we think we can help him with some arguments to talk his wife into selling both and picking up a used MX-5? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Funny, where did while we're that here. come from? And then she, but, she's, but she didn't like this because he mentioned in passing, what if I got an old Miata? And she said, you have your fun. It's all those motorcycles. Yeah. That's how that ended. That's when the dream died. And but I can connect it, Bruce. He's I'm not ready to there. get those up, though. He isn't? Yeah, okay. All right. All right, go for it. Connect. Connect away. Bruce, uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on here, and I want to talk about four-door sedans for your wife. I want to talk about a few that I think can work, that can actually be decent to drive and have really good modern tech. You can buy them new. I think you'd enjoy them. They're, they're solid. But here's where I think the problem starts, because... Your wife, she, you, when you met her, she had that Camaro that you hated but she loved. You had a Fiat Spider that you loved that was tiny. There is an opportunity here because the only things that turn her head are two-seat Mercedes convertibles and the LC500. You guys need a two-seat, two-door fun car that you can enjoy together. Agreed, yes. She's looking at the MX-5 and she's seeing it as only fun for you. That's the problem. True. Yes. You're saying, what if I got myself a Miata? That's not what you're doing. You guys need a fun car the two of you can enjoy. You're about to retire? What about date nights? What about a fun trip to Austin or San Antonio for an overnight and you take the fun little car? It's not for you, Bruce. It's for both of you. Mm -hmm. It's for Mm -hmm. both of you to find a fun little, oh, that's a cool little car that you both connect with. It takes her back to the Camaro. It takes you back to the Fiat. It connects up with this LC500 interest she has or the Mercedes two-seater. I think you need to take a serious look at something like an old used Boxster. Boxster is high on my list. two of you. For as much money as you can allocate, Bruce. And that's not actually the car I'm picking for your wife that's the brand new dependable Ford. It's not even that. I'm just saying the conversation, Bruce, for you and your wife is to look for a car that is a fun little car that you both can enjoy. And if that means you get it automatic and you don't get the spec you wanted that is like the the track spec, forget that. None of that matters. This is a fun little car for the two of you. That's the shopping you need to do for your fun car purchase. Mm. Get it away from, honey, what if I got myself a Miata? It's not for you, Bruce. It's for both of you to enjoy. That's the thinking there. But back to these four doors for your wife. I think you need to look at a few. One is, please go drive a loaded Toyota Camry 
It's not a dynamic car. It's not super fun. But this is sedans at $40,000 done about as well as they can be right now. I'm not saying that's the winner, but let's, let's get a reference point for both of you. And you may love it. You mm-hmm, can get the Camry mm-hmm. in every possible. The Camry is to Toyota what the 911 is to Porsche. It's the car they're known for, and they make it in every variant possible. True. Yep. So go drive a Camry in a couple of variants and see what is she like about it. What does she not like about it? What do you like about it, Bruce? It might surprise you. So you need to drive a Camry. I have three cars I think you need to take a serious look at, though. One is the Genesis G70. That is a fantastic sedan for about forty grand. It's dynamic. You'd enjoy driving. It's luxurious. This is an excellent car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. If you don't go, this is kind of wild card territory because you can't get them new anymore. A Lexus GS. That was a great sedan from okay, Lexus. It's okay. a big feeling car, but it actually has some dynamic capability. It's got rear wheel drive. But then I think I may have found the perfect buyer for a car that we struggle to find a buyer for. Okay, go. Bruce, you and your wife need an Acura TLX. You don't need backseat space. It's a fant- it's a good-sized car. It's fantastic to drive. It has all-wheel drive. It's wonderful to be in. You can get them for a deal. Neither of them are over six feet tall either. I know. And they don't even need the back seats, but it's a four-door mm. with a good-sized trunk. It's great-looking. It's fun to drive. Acura TLX, Bruce. Hmm. Interesting. See, yeah, that RAV4. I don't know why that needs to stick around. I don't think the RAV4 or the Corolla are sick. Let's clean out the garage. You're retiring. This is the thing. This is the clean-out garage time. Well, did they both need a car? I, th- I think they both need a car. Right it's now, yes. It's got that Colorado. Right now, yes. So let's focus on the car that your wife is going to love and you will both love driving too. I agree. And every time we get an email, it says, I really want this, but here's all the reasons why I'm going to go get other cars. <laughs> this only goes one way, Bruce. I got to rewind and go back to her dream car, which is a Mercedes two-seater convertible. Mm-hmm. Why is that just out? Why is that? <laughs> I hear you. This is her dream car. You're ready to buy a car. Mm-hmm. You want a dream car. Because of new. That's you the only reason it's out. what you want. Okay. So if it's not a new Mercedes, mm-hmm. four-seat convertible, okay. what about the BMW 430i convertible? Yeah. With the gobs of power that it has, it's great to drive, mm-hmm. plenty of space, mm-hmm. great road trip car. It's moderately fun on a twisty road. We were genuinely, watch our test drive. We were genuinely surprised by it. I like this car a lot. It's just a great to drive car. Now, they're probably 60 grand. Yeah, you're going to be a couple years used to find one. But I still think about that that headspace. Mm -hmm. And I know it's more than you're willing to spend. But if it, again, what if you got the 430i and you drove to the Grand Canyon? Sure. Go to the Grand Canyon and then turn north, go find some twisty roads, and then make this big loop and come back to Houston. (laughs) Big road trip. You know, you're out, you're doing, you're seeing, the whole deal. You've just touched on something I hadn't actually thought about until right now, uh, this clearly. Bruce, you and your wife are having conversations about your car and my car. Mm -hmm. Bruce and Jane, your car, my car. What if you both get a car you both like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that it's not just... You're, you're buying, you're wanting to get her this sedan that you, maybe I'll tolerate it. And you want to get a fun car that she goes, is that's all for you. Find a little fun car that you both like. Find a four-door sedan you both like. Then the budget becomes really liquid. That's what I like about that stuff. <laughs> because, no, the Colorado and the RAV4 can both go. <laughs> then we can have a real conversation yeah. about what do we like, and let's both get things we both like driving. My headline car for you, I'm hearing... Small, convertible, cool. Definitely that threat. I thought hardtop convertible. You want an MX-5. They make one. It's called the RF. <laughs> Good Have news. <laughs> By the way, they're under 40, mm-hmm. and you can road trip them. You can track them. You yes. can do yes. all of that stuff. And the reason I'm recommending that to you is because of your physical stature. True. True. You guys will fit and enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. That's the biggest thing. For road trips, you'll be fine. Not everybody can get that car <laughs> and enjoy it. Neither think, of the people currently hosting this podcast are comfortable in an MX-5. No. We both like it, and we're not. We're just too big. Imagine you sold a car. Okay, let's keep the pickup because Texas, you're Texas. You need a pickup. Keep what the Colorado for now. Pickup the Rav Four and two of the four bikes. 
I'm just saying. I like that. I'm just the saying. The budget goes up from there. Yeah, anyway, onward. But if we're just talking get rid of the RAV4, and she's driving the MX-5, and it's a hardtop convertible, and it's fun, she fits great, I think she'd love driving it. I think and so then too. Yeah. you guys do the grand touring thing with it. That's what they're for. Mm-hmm. That's what many people who get the RF actually go do with it. Let's hope so, yeah. So that's definitely my consideration. The BMW is a larger car, of course. I would love it if the garage got cleaned out. I would love it if you left pickup <laughs> trucks entirely. Yeah. I would love it if the, some, some of the bikes went just for a, a change. And I liked your TLX suggestion. That's excellent. I think, I think they're the perfect people for a TLX. I think it'd be great. interesting. Bruce, you've got some decision-making to do, but if you start selling the toys, then the budget goes up. <laughs> true. Very true. When you have that moment, you remember a car you're interested in, or you heard us just debate a particular vehicle right here on the podcast, you need a way to search for it. Our friends at Autotempest.com focus their efforts where it's most important, helping you find great cars, local, nationwide, big listings, or little ones. Are you the person all your friends talk to when they're car shopping? The folks at Autotempest rely on word of mouth too, and you'll give your friends the tool they need when you tell them about Autotempest. Autotempest.com slash everyday links you to nationwide listings from Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, so it enables you to search beyond the limited distances those sites support. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing to feed the disease like we do pretty much every day, go to Autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars, one search. As always, we ask for questions for this podcast. Thank you guys for always responding on that. We typically ask for questions on Mondays and Thursdays for the podcast coming out Tuesdays and Fridays. Guess what? That's still going to happen this year. It's going to be the same idea. It's still going to happen, but we try to post pictures and, and get you your questions on that. Of course, today we posted a lot on the Volvo, so I'm going to start right there. Brett FG2 on Instagram said, is he the only one that thinks that the Volvo is a really good-looking wagon, but the massive wheels and low-profile tires look odd? I actually agree with you. I think it does look a little odd, and I think what makes it look odd is the ride height. Mm-hmm. I think those wheels and tires would look more normal to you if it was down on its suspension, but I don't think they did a lot of wheel options. So that's one of the things. I think that, that those kind of wheels and tires suggest themselves like the car's hunkered. It's one of the reasons why when you see the really the SEMA trucks, the really huge trucks that we can walk underneath, and they have like 32s, and then they have a, yeah. like a Band-Aid of rubber on the outside. That looks so weird. It somehow looks more normal. And by weird, you mean stupid? Yes, yes. I do mean that. Yeah, uh-huh. th- There is an equivalency there. But, <laughs> but, say. but as weird as it sounds, it almost looks more normal when the big jacked-up truck has huge knobby tires on it. That actually yeah. looks... I mean, normal is a w- weird word there. You're looking but around actually, for the stadium, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Absolutely I am. <laughs> right. I don't understand what your chrome suspension is going to do at the stadium, but let's go do that. Exactly. Beer Bikes and Battlestar Galactica That's says, great. Is there a modern car that offers some of the same theater as the E-Type Jaguar? That's a hard one. Did you find one? Did, can you think of one? I'm mulling my options, but most of the ones I can think of are far more expensive and they're supercars. They're hypercars now. It is that kind of area, yeah. Because we've had to push so much further. Mm. I mean, what hypercars from that era were that, that kind of was it? It was one of them, yeah. It was one of the, the top Certainly cars. Certainly Ferraris, in the world, yeah. of course, and yeah, Lamborghinis yeah. and the Italian exotics. But if you think about it, what was the way out there? Like, man, I can't afford that. That's so far out there. The prices were. Well, I can't say they're comparable, but the gap is not the same now as it was then as true, far as true. how far out in, in terms of technology and price. How how far is a, a Chiron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiron Sport, yeah. way out there. Koenigseggs and all the weird, crazy stuff. Yeah. The gap is so much greater now than it was from a Ferrari you could get versus then in the 60s mm-hmm. yeah, versus yeah. an E-Type. Well, that was the thing about that Jaguar bragged about, and it was questionable as to whether or not it was true. But that was one of the things that the Jaguar E-Type was sold on is that it actually had a higher top speed than the Ferraris of the day. And my dad, for all of his strange car purchases, got out of college and got a really good job, a good engineering job out of college. And he was intrigued by the Ferraris of the day, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he could afford an E-Type. And he was like, okay. So he went out and bought what at the time was a supercar. So you're right. I hadn't thought about it in that perspective. If you, if you fast forward to now, you got to be shopping supercars. 
that's, yeah, you, that's you would a have bit to too bad. Because, and they all do have some sort of theater, whether it's doors or yeah. exhaust or engine or how low the car is. There's plenty of theater about it. Mm. But it always seemed to me the Jaguar then was the accessible theater. Yes, absolutely. It was. Which your dad found out. And For it was. Sure. The thing is now, because it doesn't have any safety, anything, <laughs> it has a bit of sheet metal around the passengers. Yes. That's pretty much the safety part. Yeah. It's got lap belts too. <laughs> Something will hit before I do. Did I mention the lap belts? Oh yeah. New fangled tech. Well, here's what's terrifying. You sit in that car <laughs> and my shoulder blades and up are above the backs of the seats. Now, I realize I I'm a tree, but you've never you never realized how much a modern seat feels like a protective thing around you until you sit in classic seats that don't even reach past your shoulder blades. But that's just it. No modern car has all that Lack of thinking or you're right, you're right. caution to the wind. The exposure of it, legitimately. We prefer the shape and the size, mm. and that takes precedence over, yeah, some safety, and maybe the car might burn to the ground. And But man, look at this thing. Yeah, for sure. That won't happen anymore with yeah. modern cars, so it's tough to get an equivalency mm. to a, even an accessible modern car. Maybe a GR Corolla or something with... You know, an exhaust that kind of pops. The Elantra N exhaust is a good one. Oh, that's crazy exhaust. But yeah. still, then you think of all the safety and tech and all the insulating things that prevent you from feeling really exposed and feeling You're right. a little bit dangerous. I'm going to go have a dangerous afternoon and <laughs> drive this thing. Nope, it's a modern car. You're yeah. going to be fine. You know, what if the car doesn't start? What if name the litany of things right. that's not going to happen with a modern car and therefore the theater gets diminished we can think of a lot of cars that are fun I can, now that we're talking about this I can think of a lot of cars that are fun but very few that I would define the word theater to and theater to us implies slow taking in everything Just, yeah observing what is the car doing right now mm. wow you're this right. is how the car's reacting. You're right. You don't have to drive it as fast as it'll go. It no. just It's interesting by itself. Yeah. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought about that. I think for that reason, all these old cars will only increase in value and be increasingly sought after by people wanting mm. that experience because that will never come back around. There will be future cars sure. that will be amazing sure. and look what they can do and look at how comfortable and coddled and tech and they're wonderful and they feed that other part of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But that... That danger thing, that uh, that questionable, I'm not sure if this is going to do what I think it will. I'm envisioning a t-shirt. The tagline <laughs> is danger theater. What is the picture that goes yeah. with danger theater? Because I think that works. We're just coming out of the holiday. I actually had more of a holiday than I've had in years. So glad to hear that. It was really cool because we didn't release a a TV series right here on top of the beginning of the year. We have a lot of uh, announcements and details going forward with what 2023 looks like for all of our content. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming. But I actually spent a few days and didn't edit. It was weird. I had a lot of fun. I played a lot of video games with my son, which I know that sounds weird. We also skied, and I also had to clear the the absolute... uh, blizzard of snow from my driveway and around to the barn and stuff so that happened as well but that got me thinking about this question from thomas g22 best present we got and i got one that was really then i'm actually very excited i haven't even delved into it yet and that is i got a year subscription to that video series called Masterclass. no kidding i'm actually quite intrigued by it well that's interesting so i'm, I'm looking forward to it. i don't even know what i'm going to watch I, I legitimately can't even gotten on the, the website Steve yet Martin, to watch uh, banjo picking thing you know it that's, that's going to be me pretty that's much really the only reason i got it because totally it's going to be me you. and a banjo that's totally who i am no but I'm but i'm intrigued because you got filmmakers and writers and all kinds of stuff on there and i'm just i'm, I'm not this is going to sound weird on one level i'm not expecting to watch any of them because i think that is the definitive only information about that topic but i'm mm-hmm. curious to hear other people's perspective on their writing their filmmaking their whatever i'm i'm quite excited i got some various very generous gifts from my dad and uh, my family really came through with uh, some comical gifts which was great and you guys do uh, that every year and you do it well so he's like the stupid stuff on the shelf like i shouldn't spend money on that and i'm totally getting it <laughs> this is why you did all your christmas shopping at bucky's pretty much uh-huh. i got back a lot of people but <laughs> bucky's has great stuff we were like the quality of this thermos is really good like i know and it says bucky's on it it's the best you always wanted right how can you go wrong seth kleinman asks well he actually states he doesn't think front wheel drive cars are or can be as fun to drive as all-wheel drive or rear wheel drive tell him why he's wrong 
We've got a piece yeah. coming out piece, yeah. with the Elantra N and the Civic Type R. You don't hear about the front-wheel drive discussion or any powertrain discussion from the Acura N Honda, especially the Civic Type R people. Mm. That's, it's just implied, Seth. It's just implied that it's great. That's their jam. We really like how Here it drives. Here it comes, front-wheel drive. Yeah. So we do have a piece coming out on that, but that does seem like a bit of a topic Tuesday to go deeper into that. But really, it comes down to preference. There's a personal preference thing, and I, I will say that I, when I don't feel the back half of the car pushing me at all, I miss it. It doesn't mean it's sure. fun, but I yeah. definitely miss it. That's a sensation that I do enjoy. Petrolhead2003 on Instagram said, what defines a car's nationality or country of origin? I know why you're asking this, because, for example, all of the SUVs of BMW are built in the States. And we have plenty of cars <laughs> right. you know, from Japanese manufacturers that are right. built here. This, this gets very confusing because, we, uh, let's put it another way, tons of American-branded cars are built in Canada or Mexico. For sure. So, yeah. but, but I think the only way through here is the simplest way through because we could debate this forever. I mean, literally, any Monroney tells you the country of origin of all the parts if you really want to get geeky, okay? If you want to do the math on it, you can. I think the only actual answer is the car's origin is the origin of its manufacturer. If you buy a Mazda or a Toyota, you have bought a Japanese car. It doesn't make any, anything wrong with it. You buy a Kia or a Hyundai, you bought a Korean car. You bought a Chevrolet, you bought an American car. Mm-hmm. It probably was built all over the world, but the only way through is to go, okay, what's the, where is the company or, <laughs> right. origin? We're done. Stop. That 2021 Buick Envision built in China, totally an American car. <laughs> I get Terrifying. it. Terrifying, yeah. Kind of weird, but yes, I agree. Marcus Thomas says, what is the best driving car that is easy to get in and out of for people with back issues? A lot of sports cars are way too low and obviously needs comfortable seats as well. So well, not the Lotus. You certainly got well, it. Got it. I mean, not, not the Elise. Maybe. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, as Todd likes to say, the cars that when you open the door, you just stop walking. Yes. And you fall in. Yes. Well, you don't really what SUVs fall. are for. There's, there's there's no just, you just stop walking. Yes. <laughs> Those would be the Lexus Egg. I hate to say it, but the RX, all the SUVs. The five-seat SUVs in the world. Toyota yeah. Venza is a good one. The Mazda CX-5. The CX-50 is kind of that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of the SUVs that we drive... I think that's why they're appealing to people because a lot of ways. they're on the same plane as your rear end. You yeah, just you're right. Kind of plop down. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really exert any effort. You also realize here, here's the crazy thing. Besides just the ability to get in and out of things, you realize that the world was not built for sports cars. If you've ever and I've done this a lot, go through a drive-through in a sports car. <laughs> it's the only time that the drive-through person looks down. They're just so used to looking out. They look out at the person in the SUV. Exactly. What makes me laugh is the few times we've done things like, you know, uh, the Ram TRX or something like that, and I get to look down on the person in the drive-thru. That's weird because I'm the guy down here, excuse me, looking up. (laughs) Got a track daily crush from Mike M who says the $50,000 depreciated 2010s V8 GT edition. Wow, that was a lot of words. Maserati Gran Turismo. Okay. Jag F-Type R. Okay. And the Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Track daily. Cr- oh, 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 oh. I, I actually can answer this, but those are good. See, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I have a soft spot for Maserati now. I know you do, yeah. Plus, as it turns out, that GT was designed by a classmate of mine. Uh, I've heard this. So story. it's even, I kind of. It sounds awesome. It looks good. It sounds great. All three of these sound fantastic. They do. So I cannot crush any of them based on the sound because okay. they really sound great. I mean, Ferrari sound coming out of the back of that Maserati is so great. <laughs> <laughs> But I will, what will I do? I like Aston Martin and its racing history, so I'm going to track that because I think it will do okay. fine on track. I am going to daily a Maserati because, I mean, I got to drive the Maseratis now. Is I love that. Big as a pile of junk that that might be. It's not that. It's not that it's a pile of junk. It's that it turns into a pile of junk by all the prior owners who yes. never invested the money to take care of those things. Yes, that's fair. So, new, they... Well, we'll see. Not quite the pile of junk that you might think, but it, they cost a lot for maintenance. And I'm going to crush the F-Type R. As cool as that car is, Interesting. I have grown less in love with it over the years. You and I are very split on this. Hmm. I would crush the Maserati. I have to admit it. I, I'm, I, I, I'm sure not, most people surprised. would. I would crush the Maserati. I just Jaguar. put the shock value. Like, you're driving a Maserati Gran Turismo? <laughs> Seriously? Really? What on earth are you thinking? The the Jag type, the Jag F-Type, I actually was always surprised by how neutral it was in balance. So I'm going to make that my track car. Fair. 
And that means I get to daily of Aston Martin Vantage. Sure. That is a that talk about a car with theater. That is a car that just that here's the thing that always fascinated me when we've driven the Vantage. I always love this. You open it and it smells like one of those high end leather goods stores. It's like oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. And you're just you're <laughs> sitting there and it's just you're the person that goes on and on about materials on the interior, but that's one yeah. of those cars that really struck me in that area. I would love to drive that car slowly through traffic. And it sounds great. I'd love to drive it fast on a nice back road, too. But I would drive that car slowly through traffic and be thrilled and then go uh, take my F-Type out to the track. Fair enough. Yeah, I I agree with that. Aston has always done the honest materials thing. And that's why they always shine in my Mm -hmm. eyes. They're they're always a good choice Mm -hmm. because of the honesty of materials. Metal, things that look like metal are indeed metal. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. It's kind of weird, I know. But I do appreciate that about Aston's, even though this other track daily crush from the real Teddy B, the posh family hauler edition, <laughs> asking about a Rolls-Royce Cullinan, the Bentley Bentega Speed, and the Aston Martin DBX, I'm crushing the Cullinan, based on principle alone. <laughs> the fact that it exists is now crushed. No. Okay. And I would probably daily a Bentega Speed, because it's kind of a Cayenne underneath. Yeah, okay. And then that means I would track... The DBX. That's probably the right answer there. I do like that. I, I have another track. There's a ton of them. Another track daily crush. I like these track daily crush to start the new year. Andrew Owen on Facebook says the sporty small SUV edition. There's a lot of them today. It's great. We've got the Mazda CX-30 Turbo, the Kona N, okay. and the BMW X2 M35i. Track daily crush. Those three. Hmm. I'm wondering about tracking that Kona N. Put some really, really good tires on it. Yeah. Press the NGS button and cackle. I think that's the track vehicle. They have track breeding. They do. It's pretty funny. You know, mm, I'm stuck between the other two. I think only because it's a slightly higher-end place to be, because I like the CX-30 Turbo. I think I would actually daily the BMW. Okay. And then that means I'm crushing the Mazda CX Turbo, but I don't have any problems with the CX-30. All right. All right. Fair enough. Guys, thank you for joining us on our first podcast of the year. We're really thrilled to bring you a lot more content this year. We've got tons of ideas. The cars need to be scheduled. Yeah, well, that's the thing. First, before we can do anything. It's it's availability for us, too. I mean, I know you guys are fighting availability with car markups and that kind of stuff. You, as the consumers, are Mm -hmm. fighting that. But the weird thing is, this is the the reality post-COVID for us as well. COVID screwed up the supply chain for you buying cars. but (laughs) That's the only thing COVID screwed up, The only thing. Everything else is is fine. One thing. Yeah, it's just the cars. (laughs) But but it also has really screwed up the availability for press fleets to have cars. And so the conversations, the number of conversations we have now where they're like, yeah, we're not sure if we're getting one of those or we're getting one and it's going to LA but we just navigate it we'll put them on camera we're very excited great we're looking forward to a full year of just fun thanks for joining us we really appreciate it cheers everyone